What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Easy back with another episode of the Nice and Easy Sports Podcast. So, what's going on with y'all? Still out in Portland, you know what I mean? Adjusting to the city life. It's 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 been a little crazy. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Portland's a different city, I'd say. You know what I'm saying? But taking it all in, soaking it all in, one day at a time. Uh, doing another solo episode today. Um, as I said before, you know, um, my co-host, Nice, just into a new job. He has some personal things going on. So, you know what I mean? I'm just going to give him a few weeks to work it out. You know what I mean? Get right. And we'll be back up and rolling. Should be by week one. He might pop in for an episode, you know. But I just wanted to get everything back rolling because, you know, football season is back. And, you know, football is more our bread and butter, football and basketball. We kind of chill during baseball season. Um and just drop little stuff here and there when we, you know, we're hearing breaking news, which really wasn't often. Um, but, you know, he's just trying to get life worked out, just doing his thing. You know, can't get mad with that at all. You know, he's a college grad, work every day. You feel me? So it's only right that he take care of him first. So, you know, but again, we'll be back up and running. Uh, I have some. Some guests every now and then trying to get some some West Coast guests. Uh, I just talked to someone who's a coach at the high school level. You know, I just want to get to learn more about sports out here, things like that. Just like how the recruiting processes work and just see how like people out West in the Pacific Northwest uh, in particular, like how they do sports out here. You know, they're not it seems like they're not as rah, rah, rah as back home because I can wear my cowboy gear anywhere here and nobody really say anything. So, you know, they'll just talk to me about the history of the Cowboys or something like that. But it ain't like back home where you wear your cowboy gears and you see an Eagles fan or Giants fan. You know what I mean? And they tell you your team sucks. So I ain't going to lie. I do kind of miss like that, that tension a little bit. I'm not even going to lie to you. I miss arguing. I miss, you know what I mean? Just I, I just miss like the rivalry, I guess, that rivalry attitude, I guess, being back home in the Northeast, you know, being close to Philadelphia, you know, close to D.C., you know, close to New York, you running the fans all the time. Now, to, I might see a Giants fan. Definitely, i seen like one Eagles fan. For the most part, you see Niners fans where I'm at, see Seahawks fans. And I've seen a few Rams fans here and there since. Like, it seems like this is like a... A city where there's a lot of imports like myself, so you know it's a lot of different love and feel out here. It's not really like Seahawk dominated like I thought it would be. But today's episode is going to feature a lot of Eagles slander. You know what I mean? So if you're an Eagles fan, you might be a little tight today. Oh well, sorry for you. Your team's garbage. So you know what I mean. Nice ain't here to back y'all up today. I got the free floor. Man, it's nice. (laughs) So, yeah. So, just to kick it off, we're going to go over a few topics today. You know what I mean? It's a lot harder to do an episode by myself, so I'm not going to run it too long today. Well, I might say that now. I might go for an hour, so who knows? But, you know, football is back. College football, NFL football, a lot of things going on, preseason football. Tired of Eagles fans sending me uh, videos of Trayvon Diggs getting beat at camp. People, it's camp. I'm sure he got beat at camp last year. 
Worry about your own camp. Everybody's always in Dallas Cowboy business. And I just want to see if y'all quarterback can even get y'all receivers the ball. Y'all got two decent receivers. Well, you got one A1 receiver that's developed. You still got Smith, who's still skinny and adjusting to the league. So we'll see if he turns the hill or people just push him out of bounds into the crowd. But, you know, still got Dallas Goddard. But people keep sending me stuff in camp. Like, y'all can beat us now or something. Or, like, y'all got high hopes. You might finish last this year for real, Eagle Sings. Like, I'm not even playing. Like, besides, because Carson Wettens is better than Jalen. And then Danny might, you know what I mean? They might be 3A, tied for 3A in the division. For So it's not like, and, and this ain't even really Jalen Hurts slander because this is just what I've seen since he's been at Oklahoma. Oklahoma his freshman year. He had a great year. They fell short. Second year he comes in, struggles. And then Tua has to save him in the national championship. He comes back. Tua starts. He helps him win the SEC championship. So it's like when he ran the more pro-style offense at, at Alabama where you have dogs everywhere. You have a receiver taken in the first round almost every year. You have tight ends that go top three rounds. Offensive linemen. Defense that just doesn't even rebuild, just reloads every year. Five stars everywhere. And besides your freshman year at Oklahoma, you struggled with it. With all that talent, you still struggled. You know, he goes to Oklahoma, and they have more of a spread offense, so he had to make less reads. He still had talent, but it's like going for eat. Even though the NFL has transitioned to more, like you see a lot more spread in the NFL, spread concepts, it might not be the traditional like college spread, other than like Arizona has like their little kinks and twists in it. But, but you see him go to Oklahoma. He doesn't really have to make reads and stuff. He does have a big year. Uh, I believe they make the playoffs that year and they get smacked. But when you transition to the NFL, you see that same kind of stuff that he struggled with with Oklahoma. He's late. On the deep ball, he throws the ball towards the defender and not towards the boundary. You know, it's just certain stuff. Yes, he's good with his legs and stuff like that, and and he he makes plays, not knocking him there. But as far as him being like a passer with progressions and stuff like that, I think he lacks a lot. And I think that's the only thing that's holding him back for real. Like, if he stop, if he's not late and he just works on his deep ball and they – Stop putting him in the box of that RPO. I think he could do a lot better, but until then, I'm just not sold from what I've seen historically. Yes, he's had some success. He's only played, he only had what, one full season under his belt as a starter. This is going to be his second year as a full, as a full time starter, but it's just, I'm just going back off of the history from when I've seen him, not just from like when he went for Oklahoma to the NFL and he started. Proving stuff to Eagles fans who are easily sold because I seen a couple Minshew uh, mustaches last year. So some of y'all just be all over the place when it comes uh, to certain things involving the Eagles. So, you know, I, so please stop sending me stuff and just hope that y'all can finally beat us this year, which you probably won't. We might sweep y'all again and 
I'm not really with all, all the stuff y'all been talking. And Commander fans, too. Because if I get on Facebook and see one of y'all post a VH tape of, of, of the Cowboys' last Super Bowl, like y'all haven't been waiting longer than us, you're really talking about yourself, too, stupid. Like, I, I really don't get y'all. Like, y'all, Commander's fans really go and post Cowboy memes that pertain to them. Because y'all have been worse, way worse. And you've been waiting on Super Bowls and, and wins in general longer than us. So how dare you even co- post a Cowboy? Like, I don't even care about the rivalry. Like, I understand we rivals and rivals like both, but, but, but you don't even deserve to be our rival anymore for real. You don't own your traditional name. Your, jer- your New Jersey's are trash. So, uh, yeah, they might as well kick y'all out the NFCs and give us somebody in there. Give us the Texans or something. I'll take anybody but y'all right now. You got Wentz. That's, uh, so we'll see if he's an upgrade for Heineke. I mean, they got Terry McLaurin. But other than that, nobody, nobody's scared. Like, like last year, everybody was big in that Redskins defense. Uh, the D-line is good. They're good. But they can't catch passes. They can't throw the ball. Defense can only take you so far. And, and they're definitely not the, the 2,000 Ravens. So that's out the window. Ain't nobody scared of them. Definitely ain't scared of none of their DBs. Absolutely not. Not at all. So until further notice, I mean, it, the everybody in the NFC East is living on Cowboy Land, leasing it, and we just charging y'all rent to be here. That's basically how I see it. Because the Eagles ain't gonna be. I mean, they did good in the draft. Everybody in the NFC East, I will say, did good in the draft, especially the Giants. The Eagles kind of uh, shored up some stuff that they were lacking. Uh, they get a, they get the big D lineman from Georgia, which they always have a D line, and they always grab D linemen in the free agency, and they never need help on the D line. But they did get the linebacker from Georgia as well, who I think will fill in that middle well. And I think he will be a big upgrade for him. And I was kind of mad at that pick because he was available to us a couple times. But Leighton Van Der Esch is having a good camp. We had we and um, still have Micah. So you know it, it's up in the air with this season. You know, like Washington could make a a big jump forward with Wentz or a big jump back, depending on how he plays, and then. With Saquon always being hurt with the Giants, and then who knows with with Danny what he's gonna do. So you know, and then there's the Eagles. You know, so it's it's wide open. It's wide open. I'm always optimistic because I don't like our coach. I I can't stand Mike McCarthy. He's a horrible in time management, and I I just don't trust the man. I mean, you know, I I I just don't like. I I like our DC way more than I like him. I kind of wish our DC was the coach. I wish they would kind of give our DC more reins and just let him just push a paper or something. Just say he the head coach. He just he got the job, but he 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 don't have to do the job pretty much. Like I like Dan Quinn. Um, I like what he did with our defense last year because just seeing the takeaways for once, like. Man, just getting interceptions for once, getting uh, forced fumbles, like. It's like we're always in the bottom of the league in takeaways. For so just having a one good season, even though it was way beyond my expectations, I would have probably took half of the takeaways we got last year because it was way more than what we usually get. Like where 
five DBs combined for ten interceptions. You know, we really don't get any takeaways always within high-scoring games. But I will like to see them get a lot tougher because I think that they were doing that little flashy stuff all year, and then we played the 49ers who who are a tough, uh, hard-nosed team, and and they punched them in the mouth because our defense is a little bit finesse. Like, we don't got really, like, D tackles that get in the trenches and get busy. Like, we got Demarcus Lawrence who, who, who switches. You know, he's a dog. But... Other than him, we don't really have a dominant, like, D-line that could, like, dominate in the trenches and get tackles for a loss. Like, Mike could get sacks and stuff like that. But but as far as, like, a D-tackle, a run-stopping D-tackle, we haven't had, like, a great one in a while, like you see with, with like, you know, even, like, um, I don't even want to say Aaron Donald, but just, a, just like, Somebody that can eat up space, still get sacks and stuff like that. We just haven't had that in so long. We got some young guys who are athletic and stuff like that. But when you're going against a Trent Williams and and like and Kittle and and just like that tough nose franchise that John Lynch has helped build over in uh, San Fran, you know. You have to have dogs. Like even even now, like like the Bills, like the Bills defense is really good. Like they're they're D linemen. They just have nasty D linemen. Uh, Washington has a great D line, you know. And even their D line, their D tackle wise, I would say, you know, they have dominant D tackles that can eat up space, you know, stop the run, you know. It's it's not hard for a hunting back to get a hundred yards against the Cowboys. I like those defenses that. You know, even the Niners defense, like with Fred Warner playing linebacker, Hill in the middle. You know, it's hard for you to get those those hundred yard games and stuff like that. So, you know, I like our defense overall, but I just think at the defensive tackle position, that's like a position that we've been lacking like the last probably eight years as far as just having somebody in the trenches that can just get after it. I'd say since like like Ratliff, he's like our last. I might might miss somebody here and there, but as far as like dominant Pro Bowl D tackle, like we had just haven't had one in a while. We just get these finesse guys, these late ground guys, and or we go get old free agents and then try to make them good, and that never pans out. So, you know, maybe some guys make that jump, but uh, we shall see. And just some overall stuff going on. Uh. Sean Watson suspended, so we'll see what the Browns do there. Um, they got some decent backups, so you know they might keep it afloat until uh, he gets back, or to see if his his suspension gets overturned. It may get overturned, so I don't know with that. Definitely, the one team I'm really looking to see how they turn out this year is the Raiders. Josh McDaniels, uh, Derek Carr. You know, he's in a good situation. They got Jacobs, uh, Hunter Renfro. You know, they they definitely got some guys. Uh, the Titans, one of the best in the league, Waller. So, Denzel Perryman on defense. So, they got some guys that got a good coach now that I think they can get them coached up well. You know, he's a Patriots guy. And even, even in his last uh, job, he, he did the unbelievable and took a sorry Florida Gator to the playoffs. Tim Tebow, if you didn't know. Yeah, he no Florida Gator love here either. He was good in college. And this is gonna make my brother mad too, but I don't care. Hey, it's my Friday. So yeah. 
Say he did the unthinkable. You know, he 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 let Tim Tebow passing for 125 yards a game probably led them to the playoffs. That should have gave him a lifetime contract for real. Because they were mad he because they were upset that he took Tebow, got him to the playoffs, and then they got him out of there. Got Peyton on the Super Bowl, but yeah. Hey, but he, he got him there. Because even Demarius Thomas hated when he with uh Tim Tebow when uh it was him and Decker at first he and he was so glad Tim Tebow was going they got Peyton. So, yeah. Nobody cares about those Gators either. Or Florida State Seminoles. But right now still on the NFL. Trying to think, hey, ain't much really going on besides the preseason. Just seeing who going to win certain jobs. Uh, Mariota's been named Atlanta starter, so which isn't surprising because of of course they did all that to get him over there. So um, then the Kyler Murray and tape thing, which is it's like okay, who cares? You tried it. It's like why? It's like why do teams even do that? To their franchise guy, like, I won't remember that. Like, I'm going to remember that you put this little clause out there. Woo, woo, woo. And, and, and if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, who's recruited him since he was in high school, because he was at Texas Tech trying to get him in, and gave up everything for him, even though with Rosen, it actually turned out to be a great out. It was a great move. So I'd be tight, too, even though he might have been one of the ones that was – you know what I mean, in on it, but, you know, I'm going to remember that when either I'm going to tax you in my new, you thought Mahomes got some bread, I'm going to get, I might need 600 because I might take five from somebody else, but y'all might got to pay me 650 because when Lamar get his contract, the market's just going to go up. That's why when people were mad when Dak asked for what he got, and I was like, well, you know when Mahomes get his money, it's going to go up. And they were like, oh, Mahomes got his money. And that's just where the market we at now, right? Dude's just going to get big boy bread. They're getting baseball money. I mean, it's not as much guaranteed, but when you're talking 500, 300, yeah, that, that's a lot of money. Even if it's over 10 years. I mean, that's generational wealth. And that's not even including the money that you got on your rookie deal if you were a first-round draft pick, you know. you still making close to a, a mil a year depending on where you were picked or a few mil a year depending on where you go 1 through 32. So, you know, if you and a guy like Mahomes, he might have lost a little money going where he was at, but at the end of the day, he got in a great spot with a great team, and he really didn't have to rebuild anything. And, yeah, people knocked him for sitting down that one year, but, you know, he had a, a Pro Bowl quarterback in front of him, and they were just thinking about the future at the time. So can't really get mad at that. And everything works out So, with certain situations. Who get great players that go to rebuilding situations, and they might lose it forever. So if I'm a guy, even like Lamar Jackson, who slipped through the, to the last pick of the first round, yeah, I might didn't have it offensively at first but I went to a team that was really good and and yeah we have some some issues on offense since I've been in the league as far as like him having like a number one wide receiver he's he's had pretty decent running backs but they were dead on injuries last year you know what their top three backs were hurt before the season even started so um 
And then you lose Hollywood, and it's like this year, like he might as well throw me the rock. <laughs> it's like it's like the the Ravens wide receiver core is so bad that they might need to call A B for real. He was high on it. I know he lashed out. But A.B. go there to be number one. And if Lamar can't get the ball, then, like, A.B. can't complain because he, he, he just want to be in the league. And he's worked out with him, so I'm sure they have great chemistry. He was dying to get O.B. a few years ago. And and, and maybe he can I – don't, I don't know. Tom couldn't keep him, like – I can't even say, because I don't even like when people say under control, because I'm not like a person that like to feel controlled either, so I can definitely understand, like, I think Lamar could get along with him enough and keep him like-minded enough to where, you know what I mean, he may not be an issue, but with him, it's it's the roll of the dice with A.B., so, you know, when, when you uh, have players like that, you're taking that chance, so. Um, definitely want to see how the Rams come back. You know, they always loading up in the offseason. They did leave, lose Vaughn Pillar to the Bills. Um, definitely want to see where they do as far as, like, see if they can take that next step with Allen. Then, they, you know, they got Diggs. So, um, they definitely have, like, a great core in Buffalo. I think Buffalo might take that step in the next few years where you might have to watch out for them coming out of that division and, and, you know, coin toss away from being in the Super Bowl, for real. Like, well, who knows if they would have went on um, to beat Cincy. But, you know, I think that would have been a great game as well. Burrow and uh, and Allen. And and just that, just that we got years of Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes. That's insane. You know, because I expect all three of them to make the playoffs year in and year out because you don't know how the Steelers are going to bounce back in that division. You know, Lamar going to do his thing. And the Browns, the Sean Watson situation, I don't have high expectations with them, even though they got Nick Chubb and they have um, great running backs and things like that. But, you know, they did lose a lot. Um, and their defense isn't still all the way there with me. So, you know, um, I, I do think Cincinnati um, can definitely stay in that spot as far as like that one-two between them the Ravens. So great division. And just I'm just happy the football's back, man. I am just ready to get going, see where the season lands, you know. Uh, kinda taking a different approach this year. Whatever happens, happens. I ain't I ain't I ain't really you know what I mean? Cause I just don't like McCarthy again. I just don't I don't like him. I don't trust his time management. Definitely don't like our OC. Everybody always praises Kellen Moore. When we play 500 teams, he looks like the the greatest show on turf. But then when we play teams over 500, he's so predictable and our offense gets trashed. And and then, like, you see people like, oh, it's Dak, it's Dak. I had somebody even, I'm going to go out to say this because you Troy Aikman Cowboy fans make me sick. Troy Aikman was great. Has Super Bowls, has three Super Bowls. But have you ever went back and looked at his stats with all those great players? Troy Aikman threw for 20 touchdowns one time. One time. And yes, he's a champion. Through to Michael Irvin, which makes his stats even more beyond trash to me. It's like, it's like, 
if you plugged in Romo and Dak with those teams playing with Michael Irvin, running behind that O-line and Emmitt, you really, he really didn't have to do anything. And then the time they gave him opportunities, he was hit or miss. He, he threw for, what, 15 touchdowns was like his second most, and he was like around 12 to 13 touchdowns a season, a whole year. Because the Cowboys ran the ball. It's just like Terry Bradshaw get on, on TV and talk about talk about quarterbacks being terrible and stuff like that. When he when I think he has like two hundred and twenty four two hundred and twenty four career touchdowns and I think he has like two hundred and twenty two career uh interceptions. You have two more touchdowns and interceptions, you're a Hall of Famer because you played in the Super Bowl. And I think he threw five interceptions in the Super Bowl before. So it's like Yeah, you were on the team. But some people do get carried. I'm sorry. Like, 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 people overlook sometimes winning for actual analytics and things like that. Yes, people won and people did it in different fashions. But you can't take away from somebody else's greatness because somebody else was mediocre and got a participation trophy. Or, or they were in a group project, barely did work and got an A. I'm sorry. But, no, a- absolutely not. No. Troy Aikman is a champion. He's a winner. But he's not as great as everybody makes him to be. He's not a Brett Favre. He's not a Brady. He's not a Peyton. He's not... He, he, he's just good in Dallas Cowboy world. And... And people can say, oh, I'm 32 years old. I've been around the Cowboys a while. I've seen it. Watched them. I even remember when we had Ryan Leaf and Randall Cunningham, which a lot of you probably don't even remember. And Troy Hambrick was our running back. I, I, I've been around the boys. Like, I've seen it. So, when people go and knock Dak and knock Romo, you know, even though they do have great weapons and stuff, but they can't play defense. You, you know how many Hall of Famers were on them Super Bowl teams? When he was going and Jerry was going and getting Dion, getting Hall of Famers from the Niners and stuff like that and bringing them over and just reloading. You know, it's a lot of. And it's crazy, like when you hear like 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 Eric Dickerson and like a lot of these running backs, when they talk about like Emmett, Emmett's not a, a top running back besides with Cowboy fans. Because they, because that's how good our team was in the nineties, like, and people still sit and they bask off this old history sometimes, and it's just like, yeah, we got it, but we just got to get back to it. I'm tired of talking about old stuff. I wanna, I, I want that now. You know, I want to get over the hump. I want to get back to winning the bowls. You know, I'm not, I'm not stuck in history. I, I need new history. Like, I, I'm tired of old history. Like, that's why I'm so hard on them and I have so many expectations because, you know, we have all these good teams every year. We drop the ball. We do nothing in free agency anymore. We go get these late rounders and we get everybody's old, dead prospects that were good three years ago. Like, they're three years out of our height and we go try to get them for dirt cheap. And we enter the season with all this cap every year. And then the defense lets us down or we just just don't get it done. Like... I'm tired of excuses. They need to get it done. They do. 
Like last year, all that hype, all that swag on the sideline, doing all this and that. We go face a tough 49ers team, get punched right in the mouth. So, and it's not to knock the, the old players because we're losing now, but I just get sick and tired of, like, like, and, and that's not even to knock the Emmett because Emmett's one of my favorite running backs all the time. I'm just talking about, like, when, when people talk about, like, the history of the NFL, like, when they always say Barry Sanders, they was like, put Barry Sanders behind Emmett line. That's just, like, the kind of things I mean. You can't take away from Emmett's greatness. Emmett's in the record book. You know what I mean? Top dog in the record book. You feel me? So, and most of those yards, you know what I mean? It's so, like, this ain't, this is more Troy Aikman slander than Emmett slander. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't anything towards Emmett because Emmett's one of my favorite all times because I grew up watching Emmett, you know? So, like, like, having, so, like, Cowboy running backs, to me, I over-criticize because, you know, growing up watching Emmett, I expected nothing less than greatness, basically. You know, you had Emmett every year, you know, almost, almost 1,500, 1,300 yards a year. You know, every year. 15, 20 touchdowns. You know what I mean? Get it done in the screen game if needed. You know, got it done. Champion. Proven. You know, Michael Irvin. That's why I get... That's why I love Des. He's my Des Bryant's my favorite cowboy of all time. You know, and I see that same thing in CD. You feel me? So, you know, it takes those old guys to to like make you have those expectations of the young guys. But Troy Aikman doesn't make me have high expectations of of quarterbacks now because his stats compared like him just getting three thousand yards would have been. A huge accomplishment back then, which he didn't do many times because he didn't have to do it. And it's just like when he had to do it, his his stats weren't as impressive now that I'm older as they were when I was younger because I was stuck on the winning. I was a kid. I didn't really understand football. But when you look at it now, Troy Aikman's stats are subpar. Throwing to a Michael Irvin and having an Emmitt Smith in the backfield. So that's why I don't like the Dak and the Romo slander. You know, because they didn't, because they don't have Super Bowl wins and things like that. But they also, if you plug them into that time, we Cowboys might would never lose if you have Romo and Dak on those teams back then in from that stretch. So, and people are probably going to tell me I'm crazy. We will like no Cowboy fan. <laughs> as much arguing I do for them. I ain't trying to hear none of that. Year in and year out. Like, I'm from the Northeast. Like, I worked in, in Wilmington, Delaware. Lived in Newark, Delaware. So, I was surrounded by Eagles fans. Bird nests everywhere. While some of y'all was stuck in Sussex County and, and stuck in the South and, 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 and stuck in these places. I was in the... I was there. You feel me? Like, I'm everybody's Eagles fans where I worked. Like... I'd be at work, and it's it's me and arguing with fifteen people every year by myself, and I don't care. And I argue with him, argue with them every day, women included, because Eagles women fans are are terrible too. Don't think that they slight. Uh, they can get it in arguing uh, too. There are some of the 
the wildest fans as far as arguing. And they'll argue for days. They got answers for everything. You know, and that's why I talk the way I do. Because, for one, you're trash. I don't, I don't, I just don't like nothing about Philadelphia. Like, I just don't. Like, I lived in Newark. I've probably been to Philly like five times. Nothing about Philly interests me. At all. I, I'm a Braves fan, so I definitely don't like the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, the best football team in Philadelphia is gone, <laughs> which was the Philadelphia Soul. If you want to be perfectly honest, that was the best football team in Philadelphia. So, you know. And and I kind of rock with the Sixers a little bit, but I'm not going to Philadelphia just to watch the Sixers play or something. Like, I did. I did. Uh, what was it? In 2012, my brother took me on my birthday. I think it was my 23rd birthday. Him, my boy, uh, Klein, uh, Big Phil, we all went up um, to Philly to watch the Sixers. And that's only because he knew I'm a Kentucky Wildcats fan and John Wall was playing. And at that time, John Wall was my favorite player. Uh, Whit Mello, of course. So, like, he took me on my birthday to the uh, Sixers game because that was, like, that was when the Sixers had Nick Young, and they were terrible. They were, oh, they were bad. Yeah, that was when Nick Young was on the Sixers. And John Wall, he didn't really play that much. But um, he did play. And I think they had, I think the Wizards had Nene at the time. This is how long ago. This might have been like 2012, 2013. So it was a good time ago. And Sixers tickets were dirt cheap back then. So we had great seats. And that was like my first professional sporting event. So I was dumb hyped getting to watch John Wall play. So, like, I ain't a Sixers basher. But if they win in, they win in. If they not, they not. I really don't care. I'm not going to slander them anyway just because I grew up watching AI. So just from that AI standpoint, they're just going to get a level of respect for me no matter how bad they are. Because even with the trust the process days, like, like some stuff just didn't make sense, like, with Jaleel Okafor. Like, you know, he gets... NBA all rookie team and then you bench him and then his career just goes down the drain. Michael Carter Williams gets rookie of the year and then that that kind of falls out. So, but that's just on their part. But I ain't really got much on the, the much more in the NFL. Gonna slide into college real quick. You know, being that I'm in the Pacific Northwest, I do see that uh, Oregon Duck fans are everywhere and uh. We've kind of had like some, I've had a few conversations with a few Oregon Duck fans. And I think I'm going to have more trouble arguing with college football than with the NFL just because, you know, the Seahawks are in Washington. Like I live in Oregon. So I don't I, like it is some Seahawks fans here, but they're not rah rah like the fans I'm used to back home. So, but these Oregon fans and these Pac 12 fans. Or annoying me already. I hate Pac-12 football. I don't like it at all. I think it hasn't been good since Pete Carroll was at USC, to be honest. I think that I'm talking about team-wise. Like, we might have a team that, that made the playoffs like that, that trash Washington team that made the playoffs a few years ago. Um, so... I don't, I don't, like, since Pete Carroll left USC, I haven't, haven't had a, any level of respect for, for football. And I think it's going to bother some people because, like, 
it's so many alums out here. Like you see people with Washington State hoodies on, Oregon. I, I've seen a lot of Oregon State fans, which is which has been um, not surprising because it's a state. But you know, why be an Oregon State fan? Like they must be alum. That's just how I take it. Like, what would make you an Oregon State fan over an Oregon Duck fan? And and it might be a family thing because you know, there's there's Met fans who like the Mets and not the Yankees, which I find crazy. But you know, some people trade Burger King chicken nuggets for a uh, steak. You know, so it happens. Um, but I I I just. Pack Pack Twelve football like it's it feels like it's the race for nine and three, and then if somebody does lose one game and they make the playoffs, I think their teams are so terrible they get to the playoffs and they get dogged. Like if it wasn't for Lincoln Riley coming to the Pack Twelve, which you're only going to get two good years out of that if USC and UCLA leaves, which is a football move anyway, because I think that they're trying to take a little speed to the Big Ten, kind of like a how I ain't going to say how Ohio State did because they were already in the Big Ten, but how Urban Meyer bought that speed, that SS, that SEC mentality. And I think Lincoln Riley is trying to bring that air raid. But he has to realize that they play defense in the Big Ten, too. Like, this might not be the move, but he can get the defenders. Because there was a time when Oklahoma and Texas used to get some of the best defensive players in the country every year because they had a lock on Oklahoma and Texas and and those states and a lot of great defensive players like D-linemen, D-tackles, linebackers come out of there. And, you know, Florida's known for back safeties, you know, DBs and stuff like that, wide receivers, running back, like, skill guys. So, like, who could be in the South and hit your bread and butter and then hit the Mississippis, Alabamas, those places in the South, like, because there was a time when Oklahoma would get every good defender, like when they had the Eric Strikers, um, great guys back a, a few years ago. Um, before, probably, I think Oklahoma probably had their last great runs of getting like good defensive recruiting class, probably like 2010. And since then, like the Big 12 as a whole, like when um, in Texas, it's been probably, whew. It's been a long time since Texas had some. Uh, Charlie Strong had a few good classes as far as defensive classes, but even they didn't even turn out that well um, since Mac Brown left. You know, it was a time when Mac Brown and them were getting dogs on defense every year down in Texas, like you know, because they had those states on lock. But then when you when you uh, had Lane Kiffin start to pull those guys out out on the coast, you know, if if he can get back to that, like um, when when um. I mean, not not Lane Kiffin, but Pete Carroll. I'm sorry, Pete Carroll was getting those guys from like Texas in the South. He was going in the South and getting guys. Um, even when he got Brian Cushing from Jersey, that was unheard of. Like going all the way across the coast and, and getting a starter day one. You know, from from New Jersey, like a guy that was high on Rutgers radar and things like that. That was back um, when Rutgers was still really. Um, Decent and was starting to get those guys to stay home and stuff like that. Um, when Greg uh, Shiano was first there the first time, when he was getting those great recruiting classes, like with uh, Brian Leonard and Ray Rice and those type guys, when he was having those guys stay home. Um, 
So I think if if Lane can get back to that, as far as like like when Pete Carroll had like uh, he had like nine running backs on the roster, all of them were California All Staters, and like like they were transferring. Like he was going and getting the the Joe McKnights. Uh, from Louisiana and things like that, guys who who weren't who who were supposed to be like LSU guys or or guys who were supposed to stay in the South and 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 keeping that in-state talent that's not going like to Bama and things like that. I think if they can, if he can get back control of the state of California like they were when Pete Carroll was there in a in a long and then grab people from because I think. Um, Oh man, because Pete Carroll was even grabbing people from Florida. Like, uh, I can't remember his name. He was uh, Jared. Jared, the wide receiver Jared. I think he went to uh, Plant. Dwayne Jared. I think Dwayne Jared was from like Plant High School in Florida. So, like, he was good at getting those guys from all over. I think if Lane could go grab like guys from Florida, Texas, you know, as well as keep, um, as well as. As keep California on lock, I I think they can really do well. I think going to the Big Ten is going to be an eye opener because it's not Pac twelve football. But I think he could he he could win the Pac twelve by if not this year next year because this year uh, it's always pushing it because people learn a new system and things like that. You got bringing in your guys as well as like keeping the guys there, seeing who's going to transfer. You got new bodies, you got new staff, so you're just trying to build your who know your uh, strengths and weaknesses? Because even if you look at it, Bama didn't year win year one. So, I think they went. Uh, I think they went six and six. Nick Saban's first year, or they went seven and six. Cause they won the bowl game, but I don't think they were that great his first year. But you know, he had to build it. So. It just it just comes with it, so I, I'm I'm interested to see where they where they go from here and and what they do as far as like recruiting and things like that. So if he can get back to that, I think they'll be great. So, but again, don't like Pac-12 football as a whole. Washington's not good. Washington State, you know, I mean. Utah has its moments, but Utah can never get over the hump. They always play spoiler. Like, Utah Stanford always plays spoiler. So, if people, if you're out here and you're listening from the Pacific Northwest or from the West Coast at all, you don't expect no. The Pac-12 going to get eagle slander. Sorry. But, you know what I mean? It, 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 it just is what it is. Like, I'm ready to see what my Canes do. You know, we got Oregon coach. You know, we got Tyler Van Dyke, uh, pretty inexperienced at wide receiver, you know. And with Miami being the way they've been the last couple of years, you know, I, I, got, I got expectations, but, like, like if, if we don't win the ACC championship, it ain't the end of the world because I've never seen this one won anyway. So, <laughs> what's one more year? It, 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 and that's how I look at it with sports. You know what I mean? You got to show me. Like, everybody... Always want to tell us what we're going to do, talk about it, man. Just put up or shut up time with me. And that's with my Canes, with my Cowboys. You know what I mean? My Braves, they put up and shut up last year. Got that. Got me uh, the feel of a champion. You feel me? So, you know, 
But uh, college football going on overall, I think it's going to be a good year. I'm ready to see um, even Jackson State. I'm so excited to see Jackson State and see what uh, Prime does with his second full fall season. You know, they they hit the portal, um, got one of the best recruits in the country. He's supposed to play both sides of the ball, so I'm very hype about that. Um, I am kind of mad they got Dell State's running back, though. I, I didn't I ain't really like that. Like, come on, man. Like, we already, you know what I mean? Dell State offense, you know what I mean? He's all, already a little offensively handicapped. You know, they lose their OC, Coach Edge. He goes to Alvernia. Um, so, I, I that kind of that kind of hurt me just because I always pull for Dell State, even though Dell State hasn't really won that much since I've been, like, into college football. Like, they had, they had their spurts when I was, like, in high school. And stuff like that And they had guys that I used to follow Like when Brandon Hudson was there He made me follow uh, Dell State And things like that Um, And then like um, Just a few guys um, They had a few prospects That I used to follow Being I like college football But He ain't really had much since Since I was in high school Really you know, I always pull for UD as well. Like, I don't, I don't like one over the other as far as UD and Dell State. I kind of keep them neutral as far as they get the same amount of respect. Like, they, they both are my favorite two FCS teams because for one, I didn't attend either school, and and they're just Delaware schools. So, you know, there was a time I did like James Madison when they had Vad Lee, but that was just because he was my. I didn't really like James Madison. I just liked Vad Lee because uh, he was a Georgia Tech transfer, went to James Madison, put up numbers. Probably would have won it all his senior year if he didn't tear his ACL. If you look at his stats that, that year, man, it's and they had the, um, the Reynolds guy from Newark. He played, he played with Vad Lee, I think, that one year. And so, uh, but I'm always going to be a pull for the Hornets, pull for the Blue Hens, like, I wish the rivalry was a little bit closer as far as, like, the scores and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, you got guys from the home state on both sides. So, you know, I'm always going to pull for Dell State, always going to pull for UD and things like that because they're, they're by far my favorite FCS teams. I do I do follow Jackson State now because Coach Prime's there. No, I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I hope they go undefeated. But I'm sick and tired of this celebration bowl. Like, I'm so glad FAMU, I think FAMU had left uh, the SWAC, and uh, they ended up making the playoff. So now them and A&T being that they left this, the uh, SWAC and the MEAC, it's just like, man, if I'm Jackson State, like, I'm not I'm not going to lose one game just to play in a celebration bowl against a MEAC team. You know, even though even though A&T carried that, that uh, game for years, the MEAC does have a lot of wins, but they're gone now. So if I'm like Southern, if I'm if I'm um, Grambling Jackson, like we got we have good coaches that's getting us good, great prospects, you know, with Eddie George. Um, I, and I can't even think of a Gremlins coach right now off the top of my head, but it's like, it's like the, the swag, the, the swag, even Alabama A&M, like all of them from top to bottom is getting them hitting the transfer portal, getting them three stars that they, that they weren't even supposed to get. And I like to uh, bring that up because 
I was on the Speak On It podcast. I think it was maybe two or three years ago. Shout out to my boy Div. Uh, I mean, my boy Biv. I um, mean, those those guys. They have a great platform. Great, great uh, sports show that they uh, go live on Facebook with. Very interactive. Answer all your questions. Um, definitely think you guys should check that out as well. It's a very interactive show. Um, bring up great topics, all sports, great content. Um, if you have any questions, they'll definitely answer them and things like that on the show. So it's very interactive. I think it was like two weeks ago uh, I tuned into one of uh, the Speak On It uh, shows um, with Dom and Biv. And they and um, I was on there maybe like an hour and a half, maybe just chopping it up, just like messaging answers in and just like they were giving their insight had great content that night and and you know being out here three three hours behind you know not knowing anybody pretty much always in my apartment you know that that like stuff like that is great for me because you know it makes time pass for me and while I still get to like hear other people's perspectives you know um those guys supported me had me on their show that gave me the confidence to have my own show you feel me so I always support them and I definitely think that they should have way more followers tuned in every week because like the content they got and and like the like how they have it set up for the viewer if you're a sports fan definitely check go to my boy uh Dwayne Bivens um Facebook page speak on it um, I, I think it's the name, yeah, it's it Speak On, because I don't think it's Speak On It podcast, because it's not really a podcast, it's like an interactive, actual show, because they're like on the webcam, you know, it's like, it, it, it's a very great show, and again, great content, and them, them guys are doing a great job, and I just think that, that for as, as great of a, of a job as they're doing, I think that they should definitely have more support than they're getting, you know, you know, guys that's in no people in all three counties in the state of Delaware, you know, it should be more than what's in there. Like their 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 show should be flooded with people because it, it it's it's that good. And you know, even I, like I tune it in every week. I look for it every week because who know? I like to talk sports, and they also. Talking sports and it's good to just get other people's perspectives and things like that. So, and you know, because I can be one sided at times. So, so it's good to get like hear their insight, hear their ideas, and I'm like, okay, I, that makes sense. I get it. Because at times I can definitely be one sided because I I get stuck in my ways, and sometimes I am biased, and I just don't want to hear it. Especially if I don't like your team, like I will never give them credit if I don't fool with your organization or franchise. So. You know, so they um, had me on the show like two years ago. Sorry to get kind of off topic and ramble a little bit. And they were saying, could HBCUs recruit uh, like the uh, PWIs? And, and, and I was at the standpoint where I initially said no. And it's on record. I'm pretty sure they had the episode. It was me and my brother Eston on there. Um, and it was on record that I did not think that HBCUs could recruit like, like the F- even the FCS ones, and to see, and that was also, and and this isn't an excuse, but uh, at that time I may have brought it up 
in that episode. I'm not sure because it, it was so long ago. Because I think I had brought up that I had maybe heard that uh, Dion might be going to Jackson State. I know we were naming coaches and things like that possibly, but but he wasn't at Jackson State. There was a rumor that he was going to Jackson State at the time. I, I do recall that. I may have not even brought, brought it up when I was on the show, but there was a rumor that he was interviewing, and he didn't get the job till probably like a few months after that. So there's no coach prime at at, um, at Jackson at the time. And this was more when they were doing it in basketball. So, like, the basketball guys, like the McCord dude, he had went, to, I think he had went to um, Howard. Um, and then there was other few guys, like um, Master P. Son. Uh, he had went to HBCU. So, the HBCU basketball schools were making moves. So, at the time, the football schools weren't getting the transfers that they were getting now. Prime kind of hit the transfer portal and started making that wave. And now, now like, Eddie George is in the conference. Uh, Hugh Jackson's in the conference. So, you know, I mean, not Hugh. Is, is that his name? The old Browns coach? Yeah, so, during the conference, so, even Alabama A&M, like, they're getting, like, high-quality guys. Like, they get – I think they got the guy from Florida um, a few years ago. They got uh, – actually, no. He was from Florida, but then I think he transferred. But they already had the glass dude there, who who was really good at quarterback. Um, but you look at top the bottom HBCUs now. Even Morgan State's getting guys and things like that because uh, Norfolk State, you know, they might not be winning as far as top to bottom with it because you know. With conferences, everybody's going to win and lose. You're going to have top dog, bottom dog. But as far as the movement, like historically, these 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 HBCU teams have been getting um, uh, recruiting classes that they haven't seen ever. Getting even if it's like the JUCO guys or the Portal guys, or they're getting like 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 not turning those one and two stars or no stars and building them up because I believe. Somebody had brought up Darius Leonard at the time, and they was like, well, why can't they get those Darius Leonards? And, but the thing is, Darius Leonard was a, like a one or – because a no-star t- turned into a dog, you feel me? Like, he wasn't like like a three-star – well, he possibly could have been. I don't know how many stars he was, but, but if I had to take my guess, he probably didn't have any. Like, most HBCUs, when they have guys like a Darius Leonard or a guy that, you know, comes to the league – and, and kills, usually those coaches, they have to develop those type of guys. They have, they go get the raw talent and turn those diamonds, I mean, that, that, that coal in the diamonds, basically. Like, they have to develop that talent. Like, Darius Leonard probably didn't go to day one to South Carolina State as a dog. He turned into one. You know, and that's not really to say for because there is some guys that go there day one that that are dogs that that get it done, but they were also overlooked. So, who know they have to turn into that, or they have to turn into that to be seen to even get the like him going in the second round is crazy from HBCU a linebacker. Like, and then if you look at it, he he was like a top ten talent. But it just took him getting in between those lines, getting that, that, getting that opportunity to show what he could do. But um, 
I will admit I was absolutely wrong with that conversation. Like I admit I was wrong, even though Prime wasn't there, Eddie George wasn't at his school at the time. But but you know, it did transition over to football. Jackson State did a great job finding the face. And he's doing a great job recruiting it, being the face. Coach Prime is doing stuff unheard of. I don't take the slander. Just like when Urban Myers, like, oh, they, they offered a kid a million dollars. How are they going to offer him a million dollars? Prime Prime don't got He don't make a million dollars a year at Jackson. You talking about assistant coaches that probably not even hitting 100K. So how are he going to go in there and make a million dollars and I'm coaching? Yeah, you might do that at Bama because everybody at Bama making close to a million dollars, if not the assistants, might be making a million dollars. Now, you can do that. So, you you might be telling on yourself down the line. You know what I mean? Trying to pick on the little guys about money that y'all got that they don't. You think if they, did, if they had a million dollars, they wouldn't have... Uh, I, just, I just seen them do a tour... They'd give him a million dollars and get him to go to that weight room that they have at Jackson State right now. Like, yes, Jackson State has a lot of good facilities compared to a lot of D2s, and D, but it's still FCS. You can go to Michigan right now, Ohio State, Bama, uh, Florida, Florida State, even, even Miami now. And the facilities are five times better. So you think that them offering him a million dollars is going to take away from where he could get the million dollars from a Texas A&M and get better facilities. That just shows me, that, that just answers my question that he went there for the coaching. He's a DB, why not learn from the best DB of all time? Why not get into the trenches and, and do it the hard grind, the slow grind? You know what I mean? And, and yes, at a different level, but you know what I mean? You're going to have to guard whoever in front of you. And to him, it's probably like, where I go in the first round, I just need to get to the first round. So as long as I can prove that I can do it, you know, I I just need to get to the league. You, you, like all that other stuff is, is 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 just noise. It's just nonsense. So, like the fact that you miss out on a guy, or Florida State misses out on a guy, then they burn prime jerseys. It just shows goes y'all to show. It, it just goes to show that that y'all just to say anything and just do anything just to try to stay ahead. Like, his assistant coaches don't make probably 100K. Yours probably make close to a million dollars a year. And you're going to say that that he's going to go there and play in some of those facilities that he's playing at at Jackson State for a million dollars when he could have went to any Power 5, got the million dollars, and had way better facilities than and had it way better than he has it now. But, you know, people get mad because, you know, he could just love the culture. Coach Palm said he went to a, a homecoming and, and it was a wrap after that. He he might just like the culture of being there, you know, just the, his, the history of it. He might want to bring that history back. It's nothing wrong with a kid wanting to do their own thing or wanting to have their own lane just because it's not traditional. Because at one point, that was the only place some black athletes could go to. And then they started opening the, the opening the doors for these HBCU athletes because, you know, you had the the Walter Paytons and, and those type of guys dominating at the, at the NFL level. So they were like, okay, they're dominating. We're winning with these guys. So let's open up these conferences. Like Alabama's the last SEC school to have a black player on its roster. 
But look how you win with black players now. You know, you open the gates for these players to come, but you didn't invite the schools. You took the players, but didn't invite the schools. Which is crazy. So now you still want to keep your foot on their neck because you're taking the players at one time that you didn't want and you're winning with them. But now who don't want them to get them same players that if it weren't for these HBCUs, there wouldn't even be black black players in the NFL. You know, because that was some of the only places they could play to go be seen. But now that that they're that they're back to getting them. Oh, they're throwing their hands up. And there was a one time with Bama, you didn't want them. You didn't want black players. You were the last team in the SEC to have them. But now they're getting their good players back, you know, trying to. Oh, uh, now, oh, they're paying them. That just goes to show you how, how certain things is. And I don't even like to make this a black and white show because it's definitely not. But stuff like that just bothers me, you know. It's like, but that's the world we live in and, and people will just ignore that fact of it. But when actuality, it's the truth. But again, uh, just waiting to see how this college football season rolls out. And, and then he... And then Nick Saban doesn't get the the, the top recruiting class and throws a, a big tantrum on national TV or he makes the excuse, oh, we had a, a rebuild year. When has Bama ever rebuilt in like the last 10 years? Like, it's getting to the point where he can't control situations how he's used to being in control. Like, like with that dictatorship where he just thinks he walks on water to where like, like now he's about to start making excuses because Texas A&M is recruiting good. Penn State's getting guys. You know, uh, Miami's having crazy classes. So, like, he even tried to bring up Miami basketball, which has nothing to do with your football program. And I'm not even a Miami basketball fan, but I'm just saying, like, like it's like these coaches do all this behind-the-door stuff. It's just like they hate the portal. But y'all were the reason behind the portal. Like, I don't know if anybody remembers, like, back when people would transfer, they used to have to sit out a year if it was in the same conference. And then coaches could determine where you could transfer to. So you had guys like Nick Saban, who, who know, probably like, I'm just going to throw out an, just like in like, probably like 08. So when they would have guys transfer, um, and SEC was definitely terrible at this. That's why I, I hate like when SEC coaches complain when they when when they are the primary cause of a lot of these issues because the SEC SEC is so competitive and they're just so nitpicky and nasty. They do crazy stuff and then then stuff changes and it backfires on them and then they sit and they whine and complain about it. So who if you stayed in before the grad transfer thing and everything like that. Who could file for a hardship? Well, now they had the hardship you could file for and play immediately and things like that. But before you had to sit out a year and coaches could determine who you could transfer with. So just say that uh, I'm Nick Saban or whatever, have a guy transfer. I could say that he could transfer to nobody, no SEC school or any school on our on our uh, 
on our schedule. So just so if they had like a, a game against Kent State, just a mop up, a mop up game, just a game that they're going to beat them 52 nothing, pay them a million dollars to beat Kent State. Just say that guy. He wanted to go to Kent State because they weren't that good or whatever. He knew he'd go play right away. Nick Saban could tell could tell him back in the day no, even though he'd go there and Nick Saban could beat him by 50, but he could say no to him because they were on their future schedule. Or even if it was scheduled years out, they could deny them access. Because the same thing, well, it wasn't really similar, but like even if they were like scheduled years out, they could deny you for that and who could file the hardship or they wouldn't release you for your scholarship. Just like when um, Joe Flacco left Pitt. Joe Flacco left Pitt and they wouldn't release him from it, from his like his scholarship or whatever, or they wouldn't grant him his transfer. So he actually had to go to UD and pay for his first year at University of Delaware. And then he was able to get off, get on scholarship after that because coaches had so much pull. Because I think that's when Pitt had Wisenhunt the old um, Dolphins coach when he was at, uh, at Pitt and Tyler, Tyler Palco Tyler Palco was a starter and Joe Flacco was the backup um, and uh, yeah so like so like these coaches m- make it hard for kids then the NCAA grants them stuff and then you get mad like all these years you made millions of dollars off bowl games, make millions of dollars off these kids. Now they can make money off their name and their images. And now you're upset. But y'all kept your foot on these kids necks for for so long. And now you're mad at the portal and you're mad at NIL. Yes, it needs to be cleaner. Yes, it needs to have somebody governing it. But y'all was the cancer that caused it. So don't get mad with the players and the kids. For going out and getting protection and doing stuff that they should have been doing when y'all were backdooring and 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 sending kids packing and putting all these stipulations on kids and they and they couldn't monetize funds and then some parents would be like, well, my kid goes and they pay tuition and I'm like, ma'am or sir, I understand that, but just like your kid has to have a certain GPA, they do too. Like so, everything that they have to do in the classroom, I mean, that your kid has to do, they have to do as well as go to. Film two and three times a day. Practice three times a day. Go to study hall. um, And show their face in the community. So, yes, they're getting paid to doing it. But it's a job. Like, like from sunup to probably when they go to bed at 9 o'clock. It's nonstop. 9, 10 o'clock. It's nonstop. Probably 5 a.m. to like 10 at night. They're probably nonstop. Going to class. Going to film. Practices. Extra film study. Then you got study hall to get your work done. You got class, you know. Then you have volunteer hours you probably got to do, like, going and doing stuff for Habitat of Humanity or something like that. Or just showing your face in the community, you know, being with kids, going to the children's hospitals and stuff like that. Like, these college football players and college athletes do more than just play sports. Like, and I understand, like, they get meals and stuff like that. And, yes, they do have advantages, but it's a lot that goes into it. And these kids, I honestly say, as much as these universities uh, make off these kids... Yes, they should be. They should get paid because prime example, when the pandemic first started and your kids could go remote, them college football players, them college basketball players had to come. So it was like it it was almost like. Like they were like dire need workers, 
to keep the NCAA and these universities afloat. So you mean to tell me that they, they shouldn't get paid when, when your kid got to be remote when school first started back at these big-time universities, but they had to be on campus taking risks? So I got to risk my life for my scholarship, you know, but you get to be remote. You feel me? So there's, I mean, there's always an argument for it, but, you know, I definitely understand it. But these coaches definitely have put their they foot on these kids' neck. And I'm glad they're getting compensated for it. So, yeah, I'm about to uh, wrap this up. I ain't really going to keep y'all too long. I've been rambling a little bit. But just wanted to see what has been going on with y'all, man. And got a few people to shout out. Shout out my boy Preston Chambers finally making it to the college level. He playing that out. Alvernia camp just started yesterday. You know, he's been waiting about a good two years, man, you know. But my boy didn't give up. However, that wouldn't let him. Had a lot of conversations over the last two years, man. I'm just glad he finally got his day to show his talent, man. And and it's, it's that time to show up and show out, Preston. So, you know what I mean? Ten, go out there and get it, man. And I'll be watching every week. And y'all already know. Uh, CJ, he just started his fourth camp up at Grove City. So, definitely, if you've been listening, you definitely know um, I bring up Grove City football all the time. My boy CJ Otwell, um, four-year starter going into his fourth year as a starter at Long Snap. And want to see them. I know I said it last year, but these boys got to make that jump this year. This is playoffs or bust with me. Conferences, playoffs, or bust with me for y'all, CJ. That's where I'm at with it this year. You know what I mean? Like, I have that. That's what the expectations I have for y'all. Y'all been building it for years. And it's time to win that president conference, man. Anything other than conference, not eight and two in a bowl was a bust to me this year. Eight, seven and three in a bowl was a bust. You feel me? With nine and two in a bowl was a bust. Playoff time. It's go time. Get them boys right. Be the leader that you've always been. And, and steady the ship and get them boys over the hump. Let's do it. You got it in you. Lead by example, how you always done. And, I, and I'm always proud of you guys, you know. So, brick by brick, build it up. And then um, I've been doing a little recruiting here lately. Um, got, got two basketball guys. I'm supposed to get two softball girls in a, in a few weeks. Um, I think I actually found out one is in eighth grade, so I can't even do recruiting for her anyway. But I can do recruiting for the older one. Um, so, shout out Xavier Brewington, point guard from Polytech. You know, he's been making some noise exposure-wise, getting his name out there, you know. Been playing basketball all summer, working on his game and his craft. Definitely excited to see where he ends up by signing day. Um, definitely a talented kid. Um, think he needs to get a little, little bit more aggressive on offense, things like that. But but I think senior year he's going to take that next step, you know. It, it I think he knows it's now or never. So, you know, had those – I think he's, I think this might be his fourth year starting or third year starting, but I know he has a lot of varsity experience. So um, look for him to do well this year, take it up a, a notch. So um, then my boy Corey from Laurel, you know, what I mean, I've been chopping it up with Corey for about like the last two years. You know, he had asked me uh, to help send his his film off like a few years ago, but he was too young, so I couldn't really. Um, send off his film and things like that. But uh, he he's definitely a great kid, my, uh, Corey Mumford. So uh, he so I think he's a senior now. 
his recruiting will be be a lot better this year. He's he's definitely been making some noise too. Um, just working on his game because he was one of them kids, like he was very solid and was a bully in the paint. But he only about six five, six six, and I didn't want him to be like one of them back to the basket guys. So like I've always been big on him with like working on his jumper, his handle, and stuff like that, just to make sure he wasn't a one trick pony. Because you know going to a D two school, even though I didn't play basketball, I have a lot of friends that played on the Goldie Beacon basketball team. So. Like, I've seen 6'6 six, six guys with handle and can do it all. Like, my boy York, my boy Sam McDuffie, like, those were like 6'5 guys that could move well, you know, handle the ball, shoot, you know. And I just didn't see that from him when he was a freshman, you know. He just played a little bully ball, dominated in the paint. So, you know, I just give him tips here and there. He's definitely worked on everything, worked on his craft. I actually seen a video of him the other day, like, Looking like he was running the one a little bit, you know what I mean, bringing the ball up the court. I was actually highly impressed. He's come a long way, like, working on his game and stuff like that. Definitely very excited for both both guys. But, you know, being from Laurel, I know about Corey a little bit more than Xavier. So um, I've, I've watched Corey a little bit more, kind of had more of a journey with Corey, even though I'm definitely excited for both. But, you know, just seeing where Corey was at in the ninth grade to see, like, where his game has evolved, you know, and then a lot, a lot of the Laurel boys are going back to Laurel. So definitely waiting to see that Laurel Seifert matchup. I do kind of think it is lame, like the betting, though. Like, let these high school kids be high school kids. Like, like if y'all want bet, just like bet offline or just bet. Like, y'all tagging kids in posts, betting on kids. Like, like, when did this? And then half of y'all can't even hoop that be betting. Y'all will go bet on these kids and then lose and then tell a kid, oh, y'all sorry because I lost money. I put all this money on y'all. I believe in y'all. That's not having faith in me. Like, like you're not walking in between these lines. You ain't putting up no buckets. When you had the opportunity to put up buckets, you didn't and you couldn't. And, and, and I speak on that because, like, I'm not a hooper, but, like, like it's just, it's just, like, go bet on college. Go bet on 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 the NFL or hockey or something. Let kids be kids. Like we putting five hundred dollars, thousand stacks up on high school games, and then if they lose y'all on all in y'all bag, wanting to argue with a fifteen and sixteen year old, eighteen year old kid, and y'all grown. Like it's just it's just lame, yo. Is it? I, I, and I, I don't even care who who feel bad about it because at the end of the day, I don't let this corporate stuff fool you. I still box. So, and anybody can feel any way they want about it. And and if you see me and you don't like what I said, talk to me about it. And it can go one or two ways. And, I, and I'm still with all that. So, don't let the corporateness fool you. I, he still box out here. So, you know. And, and, and I got a little bail money now, too, so play with me. <laughs> so, it, it is what it is. But whoever feel offended by what I said that this lame, I don't care. It is. Like, you betting on high school kids. Putting big money. Go... Do something uh, constructive, cause at the end of the day, they gonna turn out just like y'all. Y'all gonna ruin. Like it's gonna be college coaches in there seeing y'all put up money. If I'm a college coach, I'm not coming back to their game. Y'all in there betting money, throwing money up like y'all in the street, like y'all rolling dice on the street or playing card games. Like let these kids be kids. Y'all had y'all time. You know what I mean? If y'all want to bet, go do that in the DM. Why y'all all on statuses, getting these kids arguing and stuff like that? And then if it comes to more than basketball, then it's their fault. 
You feel me? So if they go out here and start, start fighting and scrapping and stuff over y'all dumb words because y'all building beef and building up stuff, they, man, it's just corny to me. But, you know what I mean? Shout out to those guys. I just had to get that off my chest because I seen that the other day. But, you know what I mean? Y'all be easy. Again, I'm going to have my boy Nice back in a, in a few weeks, my, my co-host, my my guy, the one that started this journey with me. And I knew I was going to say it, keep it short. I done ran the hour 15. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to y'all in a while, man. So, And i just been in the crib. So, I mean, I don't really do too much. Just working my hours are a little awkward. So, you know I mean? I just wanted to let y'all know what I was up to. Just talk a little sports. Slander these trash eagles, commanders, commandos, whatever their name is. And them poop butt giants, you feel me? But, again... Trying to get some Pacific Northwest guests. Uh, I just talked to a coach. She coaches at Park Rose. So I'm going to try to get uh, her in here for for a future episode. I, I ain't going to say her drop her name just yet. I'm going to wait till I get her on to be a guest. She's definitely doing some, some good things out here. And I just want to learn more about high school sports and just see her perspective and things like that. So, you know, definitely going to have uh, – and I haven't had – and we haven't had female guests on here yet. So, you know, just going to see where it goes. You know, I've been just trying to find some guests just to kind of keep this show kind of coast to coast now since he back on the east, I'm out west. You know, so that's going to expand our boundaries. You feel me? No uh, walls, no ceilings. You can't put us in the box. So, you know what I mean? I'm definitely excited with it, with all that's coming. With my personal life, you know, I'm definitely out here making some moves pro- professionally too. So, you know, I got I got a lot going on. So this train doesn't stop for no one. And if you got off the train, you know what I mean? The train don't go in reverse. So, you know what I mean? We out here nice and easy podcast. You feel me? So get back on the train. You feel me? Because, you know what I mean, it's at the station right now, but we're about to pull back off. So, you know what I mean? Resubscribe. We back. And just want to get some content out to y'all. And again... Nice is just going through some, not even saying he going through anything. He just got some stuff he he has going on and stuff like that where he's just been getting himself together. So just waiting on him. He'll definitely be back in a few weeks. I might try to see if he can find some time to get on this next episode because I'm sure, pretty sure he want to get back in the uh, support his trash team. And, you know, I mean, getting out, talking football and having his his two hours of peace. Because, again, like this is my time to vent. This is my two hours of peace. And I'm pretty sure it's a thing for him. So I'm pretty sure he just ready to get those hour to two hours back of us just shopping it up and like whatever. Nothing else but the sports worlds matter. So, you know, everybody needs that peace. Whether you go fishing, hiking. You know what I mean? If you like going to the gun range, let off steam, you know, everybody has something that they do. Knitting, it could be anything, cooking, you know, and, and mine just has been to be more college sports, but I just love sports in general. So, yeah, you know I mean, this is my place of peace, my time to, you know what I mean, vent and just get myself together. So, again, I'm just trying to learn how sports is out west. And I think these Eagles fans is afraid of me, too, because I've been putting on my Facebook, uh, I, need, I need NFC East guests, you know what I mean, so y'all can... Come stick up for your team. But I might have to get some old guests. Might have to get my boy Donnell back on here, DA back on here. Because so, it seemed like everybody else scared, man. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it's okay. I, I, I'd be afraid of me, too. 
You feel me? Because I, uh, Eagles is trash. It, everybody in the NFC East, but the Cowboys is trash. So you know, but and everybody else has an open invitation too. So don't think if you like the Raiders or who you even like the Texans and come on here. So, you know what I mean? I just like to talk football, be a college football fan, basketball fan. If you got an hour or two to come chop it up, you know what I mean? I, I, I try to be not like Nori and uh, <laughs> cut you off every five minutes. But, you know what I mean? Just come chop it up. But appreciate y'all like always. You know what I mean? Definitely going to get back up and running, get some more guests, start some new waves. We back out here, nice and easy sports podcast. I'm out, your boy.